He was probably about, I'd say, the same height as Dan. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. I knew you were going to try and throw <laughs> something. Like, I just that knew a, it. That's so funny. He had a better arm than Dan, though, and I'll show you how. Uh, it, it'll tell us over in 1 Samuel 17, 38, where it starts out. You guys are so funny, I'm forgetting to laugh. <laughs> well, we'll remind you. We'll give you the laugh cue. Live your life with purpose, change someone's life for the better, and leave a lasting impact on those around you. Welcome to Finish Strong, the podcast designed to help you discover your unique purpose and develop a plan to leave a powerful legacy. In this episode, Dan, Brian, and Terry talk about the four ways that we limit God. Now here's Dan, so let's get started. If God is omnipotent, truly all-powerful, is it possible that we can actually limit him from working in our lives? That's the topic on this episode of Finish Strong. I'm Dan Wheeler, and we're going to discuss with Brian Rowland and Terry Steen the four ways that we limit God. Hi, guys. Good to be with you again. Uh, We're talking about the story of Naaman. This guy was a really good commander of the armies of of Ben-Hadad II. And we read the story in 2 Kings 5, 8 through 14. So those of you listening at home, if you have a Bible, you can turn there. Because uh, while this man was held in great favor, he had a physical problem, and that was that he was a leper. And so the, the story unfolds that the prophet Elisha sent for him, and Elijah had the way to heal him. But it doesn't seem like Naaman was wanting to go along with it. Uh, guys, it's an interesting story and a story that, you know, we don't probably don't spend enough time talking about and reading in the Bible because it's a powerful one and it teaches us that we actually can limit God uh, by our reactions and by our preconceived ideas and ex- expectations. It's pretty fascinating. You know, that's that's one thing I love about the Old Testament. Some people never like to read it because they think it's boring. But the reality is there are so many little stories in it and so many nuggets. And here in the middle of 2 Kings, there's 15 verses that I think give us some great life lessons. And Naaman is a perfect example for us. Uh, He's just human. He's just like the rest of us. And he has his thoughts and ideas. So uh, it's going to be fun to discuss this today. Yeah, Brian, it, it, I was mm-hmm. fascinated reading it because uh, Elisha, you know, gave him the formula to be clean, and yet Naaman fought him because Naaman was not used to be told to do things that he didn't necessarily agree with. You know, we always have our own ideas of how things should be done, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and when we're praying for an answer, especially, and when God, you could just do it this way. And it's never going to be done the way you think it's going to be done. And that's what happened with Naaman, too. He had an idea in his head of how he should have been received and how this should have happened. They went down, but it didn't. And he had a life's lesson beyond anything else he learned that day. So, Terry, where was Naaman wrong uh, in his ideas of how that should work? Well, first of all, he had these preconceived ideas and expectations. And it, it was saying in the 11th verse, you know, you know e- Elisha, uh, Naaman came to Elisha because he heard Elisha was a prophet and that he'd be able to save him. So as he's coming with his servants, he's got these ideas as to how it's going to happen. So he's saying that he thought, 
And, and here's his first problem is that he thought <laughs> in the 11th verse, it says, in, indeed, I said to myself, basically, I thought that he would surely come out to me, stand, call on the name of the Lord his God, wave his hand over the place and heal my leprosy. So he had thoughts as to what he thought should happen. And that was his first mistake. Uh, which, which, if you go back to Isaiah 55, the eighth and ninth verse, they're, they're great verses here. It says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, says the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. If we could get that into our heads that the way he does things is not necessarily the way we do things. And so many times in our lives, we get preconceived ideas. We get expectations. How is God going to provide for us? We might think it's only by getting a raise, and we didn't get the raise, so we're mad at God. But yet the reality is God might have blessed us in another way. We just don't know. Or even healing. We expect to be healed a certain way, or there's so many things in our lives that we create expectations, and then our mindset is moving in that direction, and then we block what God really wants to do and how he wants to answer things for us. Yeah, we see that throughout the Bible. I mean, in the New Testament, you know, the, the disciples, they didn't want Christ to have to die. They're like, no way, Lord, you're, you're not going to go through this. But that was yeah. God's plan. And a, another place that I think of right away is in uh, 1 Samuel 16, where Samuel is looking for a king, a new king to replace Saul. And he goes to Jesse and he says, let me see your sons. And he's looking at all of them. Jesse parades him before him. And he's like, no. It's not it. Is there anybody else? And and it's almost like, you know, Jesse says, well, you know, the youngest kid's not here, but, you know, surely you wouldn't be interested in him. And Samuel said, no, uh, you know, we're not, we're not judging by outward appearance. That's not what God wants. God looks after the heart. And so then when, when he sees David, he knows this is the king. And nobody out of all of Jesse's sons would have picked little David. But boy, did he do great things, right, Brian? That, I that's mean, the truth. You know, when you think about it, too, because Saul was a big, good-looking guy, <laughs> and and he looked like a king, mm-hmm. and that was the thing that 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 uh, everybody thought that that's what Samuel was going to be looking for—somebody to replace Saul, or was going to be like him, or better than him, or bigger than him. Kind of like our producer John Matarazzo. You know, he looks like a king. You know, he it's true. Sits there royally. Yeah, he sits in his big royal throne there, and he runs all the switches. People can't see him, but if you knew John. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the reality is David was still a young kid being a shepherd. He was probably right. about, I'd say, the same height as Dan. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. I knew you were going to try and throw oh, something. Like, right. I just that knew a, it. That's so funny. He had a better arm than Dan, though, and I'll show you how. Uh, see, because it, it'll tell us over in 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-eight where it starts out. You guys are so funny, I'm forgetting to laugh. <laughs> well, we'll remind you. We'll give you the laugh. Okay. okay. But it's, it's in 1 Samuel seventeen thirty-eight. Uh, Saul tried to clothe David in his helmet, and his armor, and his garments, and and of course David's got the stuff on him. And I'm 
I remember seeing the movie of, of uh, David and Goliath once, and they portrayed it perfectly because he's dragging this stuff around his huge sword. And he's going, I can't take this out there. I can barely, you know, get down the mountain with this thing. Yeah. So what does he do? He goes and he picks up five smooth stones and that slingshot, and that's all he needed. And it's just sick because he had his faith in God. But it's just it's just amazing that the arm strength that he had, unlike the center fielder that we know, Terry. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Again, so funny. <laughs> Again, <laughs> they're talking about me. <laughs> well, David did not limit God, even though the the Saul and the other soldiers were trying to. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it it shows you never never think that God's going to do it exactly as we anticipate. Right, Brian. It's, right. Nobody saw David going out there and slaying Goliath. Nobody thought that would happen. Goliath certainly didn't think that happened. I mean, he laughed at them. Remember, you sent you send this kid out here. I mean, it's yeah. a, there was no way. And every time Goliath would roar and just start challenging him, the Israelites, they're ready to fight. But then they'd run back. They got scared. Yeah. They'd run back because every just his voice was trembling there in the valley. But David didn't matter to him. He took that slingshot. He started swinging it, and he actually ran towards him. He was just running full speed towards him and just just quoting just quoting the word, just quoting the, the old scriptures. You know that he that this Lord was going to hand him his head to him that day, and he did. Kind of reminds you when we were in college, Terry, and we were in the jock dorm, and we had to take on. Uh, what was it, Scott Third South? And they came up with all their fancy <laughs> uniforms and these big guys and doing their exercises. And we beat them with quickness. We were a little bit quick. So, it, you know, sometimes we limit God by our preconceived ideas and expectations. Uh, another way, and, and we see that in the story of Naaman, another way that Naaman was really limiting God was by his logic. He thought that he knew what was best. We read in verse 12, He said, Behold, I thought he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and then recover the leper. But that wasn't the plan. And he was, uh, Elisha said he was supposed to go bathe in the Jordan seven times. Well, Naaman, he couldn't wrap his head around that. He's like, This just doesn't make any sense at all. Pretty interesting his reaction to that. I think, too, part of Naaman's problem was, you know, he was used to ordering his soldiers around, and he was the big commander, and he didn't like this plan. It's all right there in Second Kings, the fifth chapter, so fascinating to read about. And again, in verse 12, he says, are not Abana and Farper, these were rivers, the rivers of Damascus. He's like, aren't they better than any of the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? You see, the Jordan River was dirty. And he, he just couldn't wrap his head about that. Why wouldn't he go in one of the clean rivers? I get that. Yeah, that's the logic of it. He thought very logically about it, and that's not what Elijah was asking him to do. Mm-hmm. How tough can it be if you got a guy who's trying to heal you and you won't accept what he has to say? I mean, logic just becomes a roadblock for us sometimes, doesn't it? And think about that. I mean, Naaman all his life was struggling with this, you know, a chance to finally be clean. And he's complaining about the way it's done. He didn't think it was the way it should be done. He had his own ideas. It didn't make sense to him. And a lot of times God's ways, you know, don't make sense. He chooses another path. You know, I think it's in Romans 1 where he says, God hath chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, the base things of the world to confound things which are mighty. And, you know, often 
we are amazed at how God can use very unassuming people. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that later on, but I think of Wayne Derry, who we had on not long ago, just a normal guy that said, okay, God, you know, I'm going to do it your way. And he, he started 83 churches. Brian, we were amazed by that. We certainly were. It's the thing that got me about Naaman at that point too, Dan, was that God's going to do something that we're not thinking of to show that it's it's him. It's through him. He's the one providing the miracle. He's the one doing it. It's not going to be the way we, we expect it. It's going to be truly how God wants to do it. That way we can't claim any of the victory. It all has to come from God. Yeah. And that, that was what was happening with Naaman right there too. Our pastor had a series of sermons on entitled Something Only God Can Do. And we had testimonies about it that, you know, there were circumstances that just seemed like there was no way and God somehow worked a miracle. So, mm-hmm. um, so you know, so far we've seen that Naaman had his preconceived ideas, his uh, expectations. He limited, tried to limit God, what he wanted to do. He used logic to limit God, mm-hmm. thinking that God's ways should be like his ways. I mean, Terry, you quoted that verse in Isaiah 55, 8. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. They're way right. beyond us. But also, Brian, Naaman had a lot of pride. It's obvious in the story. <laughs> he had a lot of pride. He didn't want to look stupid. Uh, like you said, he was a commander of many troops and that. And, and to him, I think the pride got the best of him. He got in the way of God's will. And it was simple as that. And like we were just saying, God's not going to do it the way you're expecting him to do it because it's going to, when it gets done, people are going to know it was him that did the miracle. And Naaman, though, being full of pride, he got stubborn on it too. And uh, over in Second uh, Kings on 8 verse 13, it says, which really gets me because he had to look to his, ser- his servant. He had to listen to one of his servants again. Then his servant came near and spoke to him and said, my father... Had the prophet told you to do some great thing, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? <laughs> I mean, that's all you have to do. But he didn't want to have to go and jump up and down seven times in the dirty Jordan River looking like a fool, which he thought would make him look stupid. But in the end was what actually cleansed him and cleaned him up. So James 4.10 says, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and he shall lift you up. And when he did that and went down into that Jordan River for that seventh time, he came up, he was clean, he was healed. So I think a valuable lesson, too, as we learn from Proverbs 16, 18, pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And that's exactly where he was headed if he wasn't going to go and, and fulfill what, what Elisha was telling him, what the Lord told him to do, to go and wash in the Jordan River. Brian, another thing that I noticed in there was that he was a commander of hundreds of men. You know, he snapped his finger, people jumped. And here he was coming to this prophet Elisha, and he expected Elisha to come out. And we talked earlier and do all these things. And what did Elisha do? Elisha sent his messenger. Elisha didn't even give him the satisfaction of coming and talking to him himself. So he was so furious and so upset that Elisha wouldn't even do that. That's his pride coming out. It doesn't impact whether he's going to be healed or not, that was the reason he came to be healed. So what's it matter if Elijah comes to it, talks to him, or if the messenger does, if the results are the same, it just comes back to pride. 
It does. Don't you wonder if Elisha was just kind of toying with him? He knew that was going to be a problem, and he <laughs> just you know did it on purpose because he knew this guy had a lot of pride. You know, the other thing about this story is if you back way up, one of the early verses, you see that the person that actually started mm. this, and in verse 2, was a young girl from Israel who had been taken captive. She was a young servant girl, and she's the one that said to Naaman's wife, If only my master would see the prophet who is in Samaria, he would cure him of his leprosy. She was the one that had the idea. And yet, so God used a very humble servant. And God does that. You know, he he says he's close to the humble, but he doesn't like pride. Pride separates us from God. And I think pride definitely limits God, as we've seen in, in what you've just talked about, Brian. You know, another side note is there are no coincidences. This was mm. another situation where this girl just happened to be there, happened to hear about Naaman's leprosy, happened to know the prophet Elijah. Good point. And put it together and got the ball rolling. Mm-hmm. You know, I always say God works behind the scenes. We don't know how. He, he's connecting the dots. He's putting the people together, but you never know until it happens. But if you have faith and you believe in him, he's working behind the scenes in your life. Yeah. I think uh, the final way that uh, Naaman was trying to limit God was his lack of wanting to obey. He, he's, he wasn't a willing vessel. And we often talk about what God can do with willing vessels when, when we just give God what we have. And, and we, I think of uh, Moses, you know, when he was asked to lead the children of Israel out of captivity, he was really fighting against it. He didn't want to do it. In in chapter 4 of Exodus, verse 10, Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. And sometimes we, we fight God instead of just obeying. When we hear his voice, we come up with all these excuses. And, you know, that's what Naaman was doing. I can't, I don't want to dip in that Dirty Jordan, seven times. And I have to admit, guys, if to be totally honest, when I first read this, uh, when I got to that part, I thought, well, why did God have to have him dip in the Jordan seven times? Couldn't he have just healed him? But, you know, he had other purposes. He had to wash away that pride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That was true. a big schmear on him, you know. What I love about when you said uh, uh, about using um, willing vessels, and you think about filling a pot full of water, but if that pot has a hole in it at all, and that water just goes right out, that's what happens. That's what pride does to you. It eats you up, but it, it, it gives you these openings where anything you're taking in is going right out because it's all about you and not about the vessel carrying the water. Hmm. And I, I love that when it says if we're willing vessels, and if we are, God uses us, and he fills us. And he did that with, with Naaman when he finally gave it over to him and did his dipping in the Jordan River and was healed. And like Dan was saying, why did he have to do that? There were obviously lessons for Naaman to learn. <clears throat> One of them was mm-hmm. the pride lesson because, believe it or not, he almost missed the miracle. He almost came all the way over to Elijah, <laughs> and he was ready to storm away and forget the whole thing. And then his servants were the ones who talked him into yeah. it, saying, hey, if he had told you to do some incredible thing, wouldn't you have done it? So why won't you go dip seven times? So they they were kind of bringing him back to his senses, kind of humbling him a little bit. 
And he would have missed his miracle if he wouldn't have kind of learned that lesson and figured it all out. Mm-hmm. And that's what we do every day of our life, isn't it? There's so many things that come up with our finances. Are we going to be obedient with our finances? Are we going to tithe like God wants us to? Well, no, we can't tithe because we won't meet our budget. God doesn't say to worry about your budget. He says, be obedient. He'll take care of all that. He may he may have someone that he wants you to speak to, and he's you're sensing it, but you are disobedient and you don't do it. And those are the areas in our life that we always have to work at not letting that disobedience keep us from fulfilling what God wants for our life that day. That's right. And one thing you said there, Terry, is about he he would have missed his miracle, but beside that. Just think of the witness that, that's missed if he didn't his, that miracle doesn't take place. People knew him all his life as a leper. Yeah. And now he was healed. You're right. And he wouldn't have had that. He wouldn't have had that testimony. People would have known about this. They wouldn't they wouldn't have believed in the God that healed him. They wouldn't have said, Well, this is you're not healed. He <laughs> went there to get healed and he came back and he had the same thing. But this was a whole witness to the people that he actually was around and all his soldiers from that time on. Yeah. I, I wanted to also make the point when you were talking about the servants had to pull them aside. Mm-hmm. You know, as parents, sometimes God speaks through your children. <laughs> I remember one time I was struggling and I don't know, I, I was talking to Beth and I think Kirsten and Kelsey were in earshot, and I was just talking about the pressures and the pressure at work. And Kirsten came out. She had just been to kids camp through our church. And she said, you know, Dad, uh, there's this little fish (laughs) that swims in extreme depths. And the way it can handle the depths and all the pressure that's on him at those deep, you know, in those deep waters is he fills himself up with air. And we have to fill ourselves up with the Lord. And you need to do that more. That'll help you, you know, reflect wow. the pressure. And I said, you know what? I, I said, Kirsten, you are right, sweetie. That was, that was, you know, the word from God out of the mouths of babes. That's right. And, mm-hmm. and we have to listen to those things. I think we all have those times when God speaks out of people we would never expect. You know, he uses people we would never expect in our lives. And that's really what what happened here with Naaman. So as we talk about finishing strong, we want to finish strong by not limiting God. Terry, we can't have those preconceived ideas about God. Exactly. We've got to get out of the way. We've got to get those things behind us and open ourselves up to allow him to use us the way he wants to. And we have to sometimes get our mind out of the way. We can overthink things and think, God, this this is surely the way out. Will you, and even the way we pray, will you do this thing? And then we think he doesn't answer our prayers, but he does that thing in a completely different way. Mm. So we can't limit God by our logic. We can't wonder why he does things his way, because his ways are above our ways. And Brian, obviously, right. pride can limit. Pride, pride yeah. will have you uh, close a door faster than going through the open door. Hmm. Right there, he had an open door to be healed, but he was going to close it. He was going to turn around and walk away. But God was opening doors for him in that area. And when he finally served and talked to him about it, going through it, and he went through it, you know, that the miracle, the miracle was there. 
So you have to look at it that way. You can't let your pride get in the way of your open doors. Well, it's a fascinating discussion. And and Terry, I liked what you said earlier that people often don't spend a lot of time in the Old Testament, but there are all of these nuggets, all of these little stories that even though they happened thousands of years ago, they're very applicable to what we, we go through. And uh, it's true, you know, sometimes I, I feel like I don't spend enough time in the Old Testament. Um, but it's there for a reason. God gave us uh, our whole Bible, the old and the new. And we believe here at Fearless Faith that uh, all of it is inspired by God. It's God-breathed, and there's life in the Scripture. So another uh, great discussion. Let's uh, go out there. Let's finish strong by getting out of God's way Let's not limit him in any way, especially through preconceived ideas and logic and pride. And most of all, let's not do it by a lack of obedience. Trust and obey, for there's no other way. My name is Dan Wheeler. I thank uh, Terry Steen and Brian Rowland and John Matarazzo, our producer. And I thank you for joining us for another episode of Finish Strong. And I hope you'll join us next time. God bless. Thank you for listening to Finish Strong. For more information about Finish Strong and Fearless Faith, check out their website, ffaith.org. Make sure that you rate and review this podcast to help more people accomplish their God-given purpose so that together we can finish strong.